0: to Together with Dr. J and Ruby, a podcast about relationships and other stuff.
1: Hello, friends, and welcome back to Together. I am your host, Dr. J, and this is my co-host. Ruby. And we are so glad that you are back with us. Thank you so much for listening We've been away for for a bit, and actually that's uh, what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, In sickness. And in health. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you know, we'll, we'll discuss the sickness part because of what happened. so, you know, to catch you up, we have, well, not we, me, I had to spend a couple of weeks in the hospital. They said I had covid. <laughs> well, you,
0: you couldn't breathe, so I called the paramedics.
1: But you know, I I didn't have anything else.
0: Yeah, you didn't lose your sense of taste or smell.
1: No sense of like taste, I no did. sense of smell loss. Uh You just no couldn't fever, breathe. Right. No A little bit body aches. Yeah. And
0: But your oxygen level was low. Yeah, so.
1: my oxygen level went down uh and
0: it was a cause for alarm
1: yeah so that that happened on august 1st and i spent most of august out of commission and uh then spent september pretty much recovering uh, recovering. you know i I was released two weeks after right uh, august 16th i believe it was and and came home to recover and I feel, I feel, you know, a lot better. Uh, I think I always felt strong even from the beginning, but, you know, it, it had to, it had to be done, so.
0: Well, with you, it's always mind over matter. Like, even if you're sick, you you say you're healed, you're whole, you're well, you're, you know, your faith is what gets you out of it when you're sick or in the hospital.
1: I, I think so, it's, I I don't like to speak negativity, and and some people may say, "Well, you know, it's not negativity; it's it's facts." Well, you know, to me, it's it's negativity. I I think faith has to be stronger than facts.
0: I think. Well, you live by that scripture: "Life and death are in the power of the tongue." Mm-hmm. So even when things don't look good, you speak the opposite. You speak life into things.
1: Yeah, and, and I I don't want to speak life into any sickness or disease or anything like that so i spend a lot of my time fighting (laughs) objecting to what others say so so what happened was we were home and i guess they were talking about that delta variant yeah and they're saying that it was really really bad and and such and and one day I, i was just like dehydrated and yeah, I was really struggling mentally, uh, you know, not, I wasn't going crazy or anything. It, it was just like, like I couldn't really think straight. And I like was praying. foggy, foggy brain. Yeah, yeah. I had a really foggy brain. And I was praying and I told my wife, I said, give me, give me that. What, What's those things, those drinks called?
0: The electrolyte ones? Yeah,
1: the, oh, the body armor. Oh yeah. Yeah, the body armor. I said, give me one of them because, you know, I feel like I'm dehydrating. I said, the Holy Spirit just told me that I'm dehydrating. So, you know, I drank that. And then afterwards, you know, I just kind of hung around home. And then I told my wife, you know, because I guess my oxygen level was, I was having a hard time. No, no, that was before. I, actually, I, was, I just felt dehydrated. So I told her, you know, call the ambulance. They'll put a couple bags in me and, and I'll be back home she did they took me to the ER they did that they ran the the COVID test and then they told me that I was positive for the COVID and and I told them that they were crazy
0: (laughs) It's probably why they sent you home even though you were throwing up here
1: yeah Uh, well you know I I told them I said no I said everything they said you have symptoms they said you have symptoms of COVID uh, you know, vomiting. And I said, well, I said, today, everything's a symptom. I said, if I yawn, it's a symptom of COVID. And I said, Wh- whatever happened to uh, the common cold or the flu or upper respiratory infections or anything like that, and then the doctor said, well, you know, it's just the times that we are living in. So, you know, that that, in, that didn't help their cause. You know, it, it made me more... Suspicious, I guess, and then they let me go. I came back home and you know was here, and I felt okay. I felt good that day. Yeah, and then the next day, and I, I felt good. It's just my oxygen level uh, started to go down, and then that's when I told my wife. I said, "Okay, well, then call call them again." And they came back and they took me back in and this time they didn't let me leave.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it had been two, three days that you were not breathing right, you were struggling, and what did it for me was when you're on the kitchen table sitting there and your head was down and you just, like, you didn't, you looked confused and your color wasn't good, your lips didn't look good, so so that's it, I'm calling them.
1: But I felt like I was more dehydrated than anything, and, well, you know, to give you a backstory on this, two weeks before that, right? It was two weeks. I, I had been fasting, I'd been fasting and praying, you know, for the church, for family, and for us. And and then the Lord started speaking to me at night. And the first night that He spoke to me uh, was, He told me, "Be strong and courageous." And immediately I said, "Yes, Lord, I'll, I'll keep doing that." And then the second night came, and He told me the same thing: "Be strong and courageous." And I said, "Yes." Of course, I will. And when he came to the third night and told me the same thing, I realized that I missed something. So I said, okay, Lord, you know, whatever, whatever you want me to do, I'll be ready. And, you know, I'm ready for that. And immediately as I said that, I, I knew instantly that I had to go through a big trial. I didn't know what it was. I just knew that it was going to be something... Something strong, something. So when the ambulance came for me that second time to take me into the hospital, uh, again, the, the, the Holy Spirit told me, be strong, and courageous, and no one will die. You will not die from this. I said, okay. So I, I get to the hospital, and then, you know, I'm at the ER, and they kind of forgot about me for like six, seven hours. They didn't do anything to me.
0: And you needed water or something.
1: Yeah, I was like really bad dehydrating. My my lips were cracking. and
0: Or an IV bag or something. Yeah,
1: and they didn't do anything. They just put some oxygen on me and told me to hang on. And then a few hours later, a doctor comes in and, said, and his first question to me was, do you mind being intubated? And I said, I'm dehydrating. I said, I need something to drink. I said, or an IV or something. Says, yeah, uh, I think we're gonna have to keep you in, <laughs> you know. So I, again, you know, my confidence in them was not very good at this point because.
0: Well, six hours is yeah. a long time.
1: Yeah, and waiting. And, and, and
0: so they're you're kinda getting worse. Me. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and so, anyways, you know, they finally moved me up to a room, and I'm in an isolated room, a zero, zero pressure, zero pressure, or room.
0: compression, or something like that. Yeah, zero like pressure that. room.
1: And so they they strip me there and leave me with my shorts and they say, you know, you're, you're gonna have to be like this because it's very hot in here. And it sure was, it, the AC didn't work in those rooms or the-
0: The, the machi- suction, the yeah. vacuum, the loud one is what sucks <clears throat> the virus out of the room. So it's it, gonna be hot in there because of the machines.
1: And it takes all the AC out yeah. with it. Mm-hmm so then i had an opportunity to call my wife you know so i facetimed her and and i told her i said listen i said this is what god had been telling me he told me to be strong and courageous and that i would not die that no one would die from this i said so whatever happens i said don't listen to anyone else i said we we need to believe this and then then our battle started
0: yeah I was a little nervous. Of course, fear comes in, but thinking, okay, well, he likes to visit the hospital every few years, so here we go. Another visit. It was time. And sure enough, that's what happened. And family's worried; They're calling and texting. And after a few days, I was just... Because I was feeling sick, too, but I recovered from it at home. And the kids were kind of getting sick. And so I said, okay, Lord, you have to strengthen me. So I just shut everybody out like on text i said i'm just gonna text family i'm not gonna talk to them because they would be nervous and scared would make me cry so i'm like i don't need this right now i need to be strong for my kids for you and just to keep going every day so i just text everyone if they asked and then praying and then having the our church family praying and our prayer warriors and so they would text and ask for updates throughout the day, every day, you know. And that helped me as well. And family also, anyone from out of town, guiding me like how to take the COVID test at home and mm-hmm. all these things. So our support system was wonderful. It was great, but all the glory goes to God. Because yeah. when you're going through a storm, you don't do, you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You just wanna make it that day. Yeah. And God is the only one that can help you at that moment. And he did. And our kids were wonderful. They were strong through it all. They they stepped up at church and at home.
1: Yeah, Jerilyn was very yeah, she, helpful.
0: She, yeah, she took over. And then she was getting sick. And then Judah came in and was taking over and going to the store. He went one time. Luckily, I had already stocked up on the items ahead of time. And so he did just the... What was necessary that day But they all did great They, they were strong. took care of the church Yeah they were all strong All four of them mm-hmm. Considering that you were in the hospital I'm sure they were worried And scared and nervous Two of them said They knew you were going to come out But I'm sure <laughs> Maybe inside They were still
1: Well yeah Wondering I, I would FaceTime every day Which helped Yeah I'd mm-hmm. FaceTime every day And you know There, there was It was crazy Because when I was in there Every day the doctors came in They always gave me bad news Right they would come in and say, "Mr. Rodriguez, how are you?" I said, "I'm, I'm great." And finally, after a few days, they said, "You keep saying that, but you're not." I said, "What do you mean I'm not?" I said, "How are you telling me how I'm feeling?"
0: Because they're looking at the machines and the charts and the numbers. Yeah, I guess so. so that's what their thing. They're supposed to.
1: Yeah, That's so they, they were just reporting the numbers, and, and mm-hmm. it seemed like everything was always negative. Yeah. It was negative from beginning to end. I mean, it was crazy. One, they came in, and they would draw, like, I don't know, 15 vials or so of blood every every night. They were always messing with me and stuff. And, you know, the, one night, they wake me up. I, I guess it was around 4 in the morning and to tell me that I had a blood clot. And so they had to rush me over to CT scan, and while they were taking me, the elevator that was supposed to be reserved for the COVID patients, <laughs> someone took it. So we went to the other one, and someone took that one. So the nurse was really freaking out, and I was like, hey, just come down. You know, she said, no, your oxygen level's going down. It's really bad, and we need to take you back. Can you imagine said, what
0: that does to like normal patients? <laughs> yeah, you're the exception to the rule. I mean, they kind of tend to scare patients.
1: Yeah, so I like I said, just let me catch my breath. I said I'll be okay, and I started breathing and you know my breathing exercises and all. And she's okay. It's going back up, and then they finally took me to CT scan, and they said they couldn't find it. It, it was twice that they took me over there, and they couldn't find the. The blood clot. They just said, "Oh, all we see is the the COVID virus." Now, I don't know how they see that, but you know, they, they that's what they said. So I said, "Okay, you know." So they they took me back, and but every day they came in and they would tell me my oxygen's not good, and and I didn't understand why because I was breathing fine, <laughs> and so I, I had to switch stuff, and and the worst thing about it, I think, is that they didn't want me to do anything. They kept me in bed like the first four days or so. And, and I said, I, I need to get up. And they said, no. And I finally started unplugging myself from the machines and would walk over to the restroom. And they would come in running and say, Mr. Rodriguez, you can't be doing that. I said, well, you guys aren't letting me do anything. I said, I need to get up. And, you know, they... One of the things that they told me is that the, the COVID causes blood clots. And and I know from past experience, you know, whenever I, I've been in the hospital and they, do, they perform a surgery or whatever, they want you to get up and start walking right away because the fear of clots, of blood clots. So I didn't understand why with this virus, supposed virus that I had, they weren't allowing me to get up. You know, and so at at the same time that that's going on for me at the hospital, we're getting the news that one of our members is in the hospital. Right. And then she
0: had to be intubated,
1: had to be intubated, Mm -hmm. like right away, almost Mm -hmm. within a few days.
0: Really quick. Mm -hmm. Well, she was trying to take the mask off. So they gave her morphine right away, which I thought was too soon. It's a strong drug. and, And it just went downhill from there. For her and yeah i mean
1: yeah so so i'm in the hospital and i'm fighting the nurses and the doctors and telling them to let me up and and then i guess i wasn't eating for like the first four or five days and then they put this bag on me i, I don't know the rebreather Rebreather,
0: yeah, which is a step before intubation.
1: Yeah, so they told me my oxygen was getting worse, and mm-hmm. I, I kept telling them, I "said You got to take this off of me." They said, "Because so you wanted to eat." Yeah, yeah. So and they said, "Are you gonna eat?" I said, "If you take this off me," they said, "Well, no, you can, you know, take a bite and then put it back on." I said, "I'm not doing that." It was yeah. just so difficult.
0: But you did say some were helpful and nice. Well, yeah, s- yeah. I,
1: well, mm-hmm. after this, when they took it off and I started eating. Then I got this nurse uh, shout out to Jose. I don't know his last name and Mark. Right, it was Mark, the Mark, Marcos, Jose and Mark.
0: They, you said they gave your dignity back.
1: Yes, yes, they gave me my dignity back because they stole it when I when I first went in. They just took it from me, and but he, uh, one of the nurses, gave me the long tube for the breathing. So he allowed me to like move around, and then he brought me a, a chair so that I can get off the bed and, and kind of sit. And so then he talked to the other nurse, Mark, and he helped me out too. Brought me some hygiene products and the such. And so, from when I got them two, them two nurses, I, I believe that that's when my my recovery really sped Hope they up. They
0: make you a case study as to but can help a patient. Because for the one that was in the hospital intubated, she couldn't say anything. She couldn't fight for herself. She couldn't say no or I need to get up, everything you were saying. Mm -hmm. But uh, my niece also helped. She was a nurse there and she was helpful to you, but to us too here at home.
1: Yeah, She went and um, hung out with me for about an hour or so. Yeah. We were just talking.
0: And I had a lot of questions for her, so I would text her and she answered everything, so... It gave me peace of mind that she was on the inside because no one could go in to see you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hospitals were closed, so it helped that she was in the inside, keeping an eye on you or getting information. And my other, our other niece too, a manager, so that kind of helped too. Yeah, ease my mind. when I
1: had that bag on, I Facetimed my wife and I said, "I don't think I'm gonna call the kids right now because I don't want them to see me like this."
0: And, and one of them yeah, it, knew we, that you hadn't called, so she, she FaceTimed me. And she saw it and she just knew yeah, that she this said, Dad, isn't good.
1: What's going on? I thought, I'm good, baby. <laughs> she was, Dad? Mm. And she was, You hadn't called, so I wanted to call you. And I said, No, I'm good. I'm good. You know, hopefully, I release here in the next few days. And, and then it was. I guess around 10 days or so that I had been in there already and the doctor came in and said, we're going to try something different, you know, and <laughs> we're going to have to keep you here another week, another week yeah. or so, five, five days five to, to a seven week.
0: days. And you said, nope, I'm I said, no, leaving on no, no. Monday.
1: <laughs> it was said, Friday
0: no. and you said Monday, yeah. I need to go home.
1: I said nope. I said I'm going home on Monday. They I said, "Well, you know, we'll see how you're doing." I said nope. I said I'm going home Monday.
0: I think he said, "What do I need to do so I can yeah. go home Monday?" I got a Our youngest had something with band, where we were gonna give him his senior sash. He wanted his dad there, and he would tell him, "I'll be there, son. I'll be there. I'm gonna be there." And he was getting worried because you weren't coming out, and you did. You came out in time.
1: And that uh, that monday morning mm-hmm. <laughs> they were drawing blood and for some reason that thing wasn't working anymore the iv that they had on me it was i guess around four or five o'clock in the morning and so they they said well we're gonna put another one in it, or would you like us just to draw blood i said well just go ahead and draw blood i said well, you can take this one off i said because i'm going home today
0: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> and the nurses were like oh really I said yeah i said so you can just take it off so they drew the blood and everything and took everything. They listened to me, they, they took the thing You're, off.
0: Well, You can be pretty convincing, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie.
1: So they they took it off, and then around eight o'clock, the doctor comes in and says, oh, where's your IV? I said, oh, the nurse took it off. I said, why is that? I said, because I told them I'm going home today. And he said, but we don't have orders for that yet. I said, no, no. I said, but, you know, you need to work on that because I'm going home. And, and about a couple hours later, they came in and they said, okay, yeah, you're going home. Yeah. Your oxygen level is low enough, but we're going to have to send you home with oxygen. I said, that's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said, And
0: even still, you had to wait for them to will you out a few an hours hour. or an, I, hour, an hour.
1: No, too. it was like two, three hours.
0: <sighs> they didn't want to let you go. They, they were going to miss you.
1: Well, you know, and then... <laughs> In order for him to let me go, they had a nurse come in and walk around with me in the room.
0: Yeah. Because
1: they wanted to see how my oxygen was. So I did it once, then a second time, and then the third time. And then she said, Oh, that's weird. I said, What's that? She was that Your oxygen level goes up when you move and it goes down when you're sitting, when you're at rest. I said, That's what I've been telling you guys the whole time I've been here. I said, You didn't want to let me walk? Mm-hmm. You, you kept me in bed. He said, Well, I'll let the doctors know. And, you know, soon, soon after that, a few hours after that, yeah. they, they released me and, and I came home and they had the oxygen here. And I, I think I used that a few days. Uh, there was one time when I really needed it right after the shower. But then after that, it was.
0: I think you use it for a week.
1: Yeah, I think it, maybe for about a week. I would put it on and off and my wife would take me outside and and walk me out there. Yeah, in the evenings. And and then, you know, it just I haven't used it. I have all the tanks here but just there's been no need for them. But during that whole time, we kept getting the news that our member, our church member, was getting in bad shape. Though. So the day I came out, we got a notice that...
0: She had 24 hours.
1: Two days. She had two days to live. 48 hours. Yeah, 48 hours. So we went over there to mm-hmm. pray, yeah. You because know, we were praying at the hospital. Well, the family was every day. And I went, you know, like...
0: Two days after you got out of the hospital, you went,
1: and then we would go like two, three times a week. Right, and then we went, and she she made it past the forty eight hours. Then a few day, like a day or two later after that, then the doctors had given up already, and they said, no, you know, she has twenty four hours or less, less, and they put it on the news, and you know, and we went, and we said, no, you know, this is not going.
0: You said that God said no one was going to die from this. Yeah.
1: That's what God told me. And no one's gonna die from this mm-hmm. and you know, to me it meant no one no from one. a rice church. Right. No one from our church, no one that's connected with us. Right. And her husband was like, Pastor, you said you know, no one would die from this.
0: And you said you asked him what he got what is God telling you mm-hmm. and he said, Our story's not over. Okay. So we joined God in prayer in agreement. Him, yeah, mm-hmm. God
1: told him our story's not over. He told me no one would die, mm-hmm. and my daughter reminded me when we got the notice, because mm-hmm. we told our kids, you know, it's, they said 24 hours. I was really upset.
0: I mean, your sister and brother, too, they're like, no, he said that no one would die, so.
1: Yeah, I, I was mm-hmm. upset when I got the news.
0: Yeah, because you knew what got told you. Yeah. So I remember waking up a couple mornings after that, and you're just praying. I said, okay, because you are just standing there, and you're leaning on something, and you're just praying. But three months later, she's in rehab. She's alive and well. Yeah,
1: she's. God, she's about to be re- re- released to go home.
0: Just in time for Thanksgiving. Yeah, and we're so happy. Her husband is just so excited. He gets to go in and see her now. Mm-hmm. So, that's awesome. It's amazing, and she's alive.
1: Yeah. So, so it was quite a, quite a couple of months.
0: So my niece the nurse said that only 20 percent make it out of intubation yeah so i said okay i have i'm gonna hold on to that 20 percent and sure enough god did it for her i are so grateful uh, for that he has the last word
1: yes he does and that's really you know we, we want you guys to understand and know this that your, your faith sometimes is going to go against the facts that you are given
0: right from yeah. professionals and experts.
1: Yes, it, it, because they're, and, and it's not that they're wrong; is that they're they're reading factual evidence. You and know, they're they're reading yeah. what they know.
0: Yeah, they're trained for it. Yes. They went to school so many years for it, so they're yeah. just doing their job.
1: Yeah. So, so I don't fault them for telling me all the negativity or what I perceived mm-hmm. as negativity, mm-hmm. it, because to them it wasn't negative. Mm-hmm. To them, it was facts. Right. Uh, they, were, they were telling me the facts. But if you listen to that and you only listen to the facts, uh, you, you're going to have a really difficult time with your faith if you don't have faith.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, we, in order to overcome sicknesses and diseases and all that, you really ha- need faith. Yeah. Jesus often told people who were healed, your faith healed you. Right. Your faith saved you. Your mm-hmm. faith did this. Your faith did that, that.
0: According to your faith, it According will According to done. your faith,
1: it will be done. Yeah. You know, Yeah, exactly. All mm-hmm. of that. And if we don't have the faith, we can pray all we want, but it just won't happen. No. Uh, the, the thing that unlocks miracles for us is faith.
0: Yeah. Got to walk by faith and not by sight.
1: Mm-hmm. And then the Bible says, if any two of you agree. Agree. So when I when I went to the hospital, I told my wife, "This is what God said." I said, "I only need you to agree with me." Yeah, you know, I don't need anyone else. That's why marriage is so powerful and so strong, yeah. and can be so strong.
0: And why the enemy attacks it so much? Yeah,
1: it, because all you need is two, two people. Yeah, two people to agree in faith.
0: Yeah,
1: um, it's done. It, you know, we were blessed because you know our our four kids mm-hmm. they were in agreement. They would pray mm-hmm. for me and. There was times when you know before I hung up, I told them I said, "Hey kids, pray for me," and they would take turns praying for me. And and I believe that that is strong, also. Yes. You know, but but we were all agreeing in faith. Right. You know, when I came home, the kids were like, you know, we we thought, you know, when is he coming? Is he going to come home? Because
0: they're human. Yeah, Yeah.
1: and I said, yeah, you know, it, it it attacks. Yeah. You know, the enemy attacks our faith.
0: Yeah, it gets dark sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I have to hold on. And even when we can't hold on, he holds on to us. Yes. But yes. that's why reading the Bible is so important, because you have to remind yourself. And even when you can't remind yourself, the spirit inside you is reminding you. Mm-hmm. By your stripes, you are healed. And walk by faith, not by sight. Our weapons are not of this world.
1: Yeah, and we can't give you know, up.
0: No, we just, Yeah can't quit
1: yeah we can't quit
0: he's fighting for us
1: and i I titled this episode in sickness because that that's part of life uh, you know the the vows that we give Mm -hmm. exchange when we got married in sickness and in health right and in this episode of our lives in this time of our lives in these last few months it was really in sickness Mm -hmm. and it it was a support system Mm -hmm. one for another Mm-hmm. Uh, the kids for for us, the, you know, um, the church family.
0: They learned a lot. I mean, yes. when the girls told me, Mom, you're a good actress, because we would say, how are you feeling? Or how's Dad? I said, well, maybe I was acting, but I was speaking faith. Even though I was feeling sick, you have to say, I'm healed. You have to say, you know, we have the victory. Even if you don't feel it, you have to say it. Will mm-hmm. yourself to say it, because he's done it before, and I knew God can do it again.
1: Yes. So and they learned a lot through this. Yeah, and, and then the other great miracle is our church member that's coming up uh, here and mm-hmm. going home soon.
0: She's talking now. She's walking a little yeah. bit. She's eating. Mm-hmm. So that's amazing.
1: After spending a couple months yeah. uh,
0: since pretty the much end, the in a coma, of, right? the end of July,
1: pretty, pretty, pretty much in a months. coma.
0: Yeah, she was out for all that time. Yeah,
1: she was non-responsive for all that
0: time it's and her husband had to fight to get in there to see her I said well just play music for her You told Mm -hmm. him she has to hear because all they hear is the doctors talking and the machines going and and when you're out, you just can't speak for yourself. Yeah. So
1: Put put some worship music it's on something. for her. And, you know, at church, the Lord had me, when I went back to preaching, He had me talking more about faith. And healing. And healing and faith over facts. And, you know, our faith has to be greater. And, mm-hmm. you know, just to encourage our faith. And this is really going to be incredible. So if you're listening to this and you're in, in the San Antonio area, you need to come to the church because... You know, God has been doing some incredible things there—not not not just in physical healing, but emotional and restoration, restorative Mm -hmm. works that have been taking place. It's Mm -hmm. just—it's amazing, you know, to see everything that God has done.
0: A young couple just got married, Mm -hmm. so we just had new members added to our church.
1: So, and and soon we're gonna have our member that was. Pretty much given up on by doctors and the medical community. They said 24 hours, 48 hours, and 24 hours. Then, then after that, they didn't really talk about her anymore.
0: <laughs> She'll be there testifying of what God did.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know, it's all faith, and it's what we believe God is able to do. And you know, so if you're in the area, come, come to a Rice Church. We're at one six three two zero Hebner Road in San Antonio. Uh, in I would say the north central part of town right inside 1604 loop 1604 so come and join us we're there every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and I guarantee you God will do something a work in your life and give you a word it, it's been incredible
0: our worship team is awesome I mean you can mm-hmm. feel the healing in God's presence there Yeah, awesome
1: and we, we have great people, we have great leaders, humble. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will feel at home, you will feel like you found your family. And, but more importantly than that is it, the presence of the Lord is there. You know, healings have taken place. Uh, you know, I have lost count of how often God has done this for us. And um, I, I believe that he's doing it to announce to people, that he is still Jehovah Rapha, yeah.
0: the God who heals us, he's still on the throne. Yes, he's he is. greater than COVID and any sickness. And that's what I got from it is that there's still hope mm-hmm. for everyone.
1: Yeah, my wife was really strong while I was in. Uh, she had to be here, you know, holding the family together while I was in, and I- I'm so appreciative and uh, thankful that God gave me you know, my, my, a good wife.
0: Am I the Proverbs 31 wife yet? I
1: haven't read it. <laughs>
0: I just read it yesterday.
1: <laughs> of course you are. You've always been. But you know, the, it, because in marriage, um, you're going to have ups and downs. Sometimes it's financial sickness. Sometimes it's physical sickness. Sometimes it's emotional sickness, Uh, but we have to be there for each other. And
0: we've uh, seen our parents, three mm of them not with us anymore. We've been through that together as well. Yes. So yeah, it's a evolving kind of thing, a marriage. It's a process.
1: Yes, and so, so I hope that you guys, if you get anything from this episode, know that God is still able. I guess if, if I were to condense this and give you the main idea mm-hmm. of this episode, that would be God is able.
0: Yep. What would mm-hmm. you say? Yeah, he's our healer. Mm-hmm. Our everything. Yeah. He yeah. comes through. He'll, he'll, he'll he heal you.
1: Even, even when doctors give up on you,
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, he will never give up on you. Yeah. He's still able and he will do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, So share, uh, you know, do me a favor, share the episode, let your friends know, send it to family members, to relatives, those who are, if you have family or friends or know of anybody that's been sick or or is sick from COVID, right? send them this, you know, because I, I really believe that God can heal.
0: Well, you did say they live off of hope. Yes. We need hope to make it to live.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. we need to speak hope yeah. we need to speak life and, and that's mm-hmm. the one thing you know in in the hospital they give you facts they don't re- they don't really give you hope and those of us who are not in the hospital we need to you know experience that hope and live that mm-hmm. hope so that our relatives our loved ones can come out of whatever situation they may be in mm-hmm. so if you know of anyone who's ill, anyone who's sick, anyone who's uh, struggling with COVID, send them over our way. Send them to rice Church. We believe in healing. We believe that God is still able. As mm-hmm. a matter of fact, he has done it, is doing it at every stage. We had people, you know, no one at our church has ever gotten COVID f- from attending church. Those that have gotten COVID have gotten it. From a daycare, from a grocery work. store. Work. I got it from going to an appointment at the doctor.
0: For work.
1: Yeah, it, you know, so no one gets it. You know, that's one thing that the Lord told me, that no one would get it for going to church. So at our church, you won't get COVID because you attend church. But if you do have COVID, we want you to attend church. Let us know. Send someone to let us know. We will pray you out of it, and we believe that God can heal you. Amen. So uh, share this episode on your social media. You can go to uh, together, together partnered <laughs> dot com. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No. Together joined. joined. Yes, togetherjoined.com. It's been it, a
0: while since our last podcast. So
1: yes, I I went blank right there. Yeah, together joined. I'll bring together joined. dot, dot com. com. That is our website for the podcast. You can look for our podcast just together with Dr. Jay and Ruby. Uh, do a search and it'll come up. Share it. Subscribe to it. And we look forward to speaking with you again and bringing more hope into your marriages and into your families. Yes. For now, I want, I want to say thank you. I am your host, Dr. J, and this is my my co-host in life, my co-host in the show, my co-host in everything that I do.
0: Ruby, your partner (laughs) in love, not crime. Yes. Partner in love.
1: So, once again, thank you so very much, and we will talk again next week. Have a great week. Bye-bye.